What's up, what's up, bitches? It's your host, Leah Sauer, and we're back for another week together of Positively Uncensored. This week is a special episode, highly requested, and rather than telling you what I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to sing you a brief clip and you'll be able to figure it out. Three seconds with my voice and a salt shaker is about as much as I'm willing to do for that, but this is a White Lotus recap episode. The finale was fucking spectacular, and I got so many messages from so many different people talking about the finale and checking in to hear my thoughts that I thought I would dedicate pretty much a full episode to going over the finale. So if you're not a White Lotus fan, or if you haven't watched the series yet, definitely bookmark this episode or save it for yourself so that you can come back and listen after you've seen the show. First, I want to start by getting into just a general bit about the show and what I think about it. So watching the show, I kind of forgot that this is the White Lotus and that the point of the show really isn't to have like some murder scheme that we're trying to solve a mystery for as viewers the entire show. And because I forgot this, I was really counting on different deaths from different groups in the finale episode. It wasn't until I kind of reeled myself back and reflected on the first season, which really had such a minor part to do with death and murder. So I basically re-examined how I felt about the show and Instead of feeling disappointed, I kind of understand the ending more now, but first coming off of the finale, I was super disappointed with how the show ended because the whole season, I felt like I was watching and trying to pick apart different scenarios that were happening and all of the ticking time bombs Um, that were around this hotel and just trying to see which relationship was going to explode or which person was going to, you know, pop off and have something horrible happen to them. So from that aspect, I was a little disappointed with the ending at first, wanting to see different deaths like Ethan, for example. I definitely thought that he was going to die. Um, So I was hoping to see something happen to his character, especially after making an entire season where him and Harper were such focus. But like I said, go back and watch season one or just like reflect on season one. And the whole premise of the show really is to have not a lot happening and to just be enamored with these relationships that so closely resemble people that we know in our own life. So after doing that, a little bit less disappointed. Getting into a little bit more specifics, I want to talk about some things that were funny that I noticed throughout watching and or just things that I thought were crazy that happened. Like, we need to talk about Cameron's face when Daphne is on FaceTime with her kids and asks him or asks daddy to come over and say hi. I don't know if it's just me, but I was almost picking up on the vibe that First of all, obviously Cameron knows that these aren't his children. They don't look like him. I'm sure that he's probably seen Daphne's trainer at some point. But 
I wonder if his reaction is suggesting that they were, weren't even asking for him. Like if he knows that they were asking for the trainer and that was his hesitancy. And she also hangs up the call really fast after she comes after he comes over to like get on the line. So it's almost like ending the conversation before you can see all of the kids' reaction to Cameron coming on the phone. Getting into Dominic, we see him in towards the beginning of the episode looking at photos of his wife and his daughter and having a moment where he's crying. And kind of like the director says at the end of the show, you really would like to believe that Dom is going to change and he's going to be different. But fast forward to the end of the episode where he's checking out another girl in line, you just know that he's not going to be. Um, the writing is on the wall with his father as to what he will probably be like when he's older. And unless he gets serious help for his addiction that he has, he's likely on the same path right now. And I can't talk about Dom without saying how fucked up it was that Albie literally offered an agreement for the 50,000 euros that he would sway his mother to like give him another chance, then exposing her to all of his calculated lies that he's telling her and being manipulated all over again, that was so icky. And I feel bad that because we do have a hunch that Dom's character isn't going to change, that his scene kind of ended with her being receptive to his call and not screaming at him the way she had in the beginning of the series. Pretty close to the beginning of the episode, we see Portia get away and use Jack's phone, um, you know, to call Jen and, or Tanya, I should say. And I just want to know why it took Tanya so long to realize that she was in danger, um, being on the phone with Portia. I can't even count the amount of times throughout watching the show that, she walked into the room as the gay guys were talking about her and whispering, and then they stopped the conversation or they were talking in Italian kind of around her and she didn't know what was being said. And even in the last episode, especially she walks in obviously during like a heated conversation. Um, and then one of the guys is even crying as she's ultimately getting ready to leave for the boat and still Nothing for Tanya, no recognition that she is in like a state of peril. And that blew my mind, but I know she's also a character. And that was the whole point is to make her very ditzy and unaware. And I fucking died when the guy, like little Miss Emily in Paris is like, it is so great to have made a friend late in life. And she's like, late in life? Um, yeah, bitch, because they're going to kill you thus ending your life. Like that should have immediately made her decide that she was staying at the hotel. And I'm still not sure that that would have helped her fate in any way, but it may have at least prolonged it. All season, I tried so hard to like Tanya's assistant, Portia. And all season, she annoyed the shit out of me, especially in the finale. I was giving her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt at the end of the episode prior to the finale, hoping that she was going to leave in the middle of the night while Jack is unconscious and, you know, kind of suss out the vibe even further that she shouldn't be there and that it's completely dangerous, the situation that she's putting herself in. But instead... After seeing that she can't find him on Instagram, she just plugs her little phone in, goes to bed after hearing that his uncle's not his family, 
after knowing that he was in some weird hole that he describes to her, and after just getting the overall vibe that he's been lying to her pretty much the entire time they've been together, she still goes to sleep and wakes up without her fucking phone. It's so infuriating. I'm like, bitch, why could you not have left when you had the opportunity to leave with your phone in tow, go back, potentially rescue Tanya because you know that something is up and you guys could have talked it through or she could have told you in person that he was fucking his uncle. All of it made me hate Portia even more. And I'm sure that that's the intent of the director, but I literally couldn't believe that she could have left the situation even less harmed than she was. And it's not like she was hurt or anything, but even less traumatized, one would say. Going back for a moment to the conversation that Dom had with Albie, um, where he was offering to talk to his mom on his dad's behalf, this was Albie's villain moment that everyone was waiting for. Like, he might not have snapped and killed someone and gone off on that way but this was definitely the moment that his character showed who he was the most and how conniving he was willing to be to get what he wants and I think it definitely even showed further that he's really not that different than his dad and he's such a hater towards his dad all season and he thinks he's so much more woke than him but really they're like two peas in a pod and the exact same. I'm glad that Valentina's character is finally getting some in the show, but I can't believe that after we've seen the interworkings of how rude she was to every single person who worked with Isabella when she had a crush on her, like Salvatore, Rocco, I can't believe none of them confronted her. I was kind of dying to see a moment where they told her how creepy she was coming across just because Isabella wasn't interested, and that never happened. I also can't get over the fucking voice for Salvatore. Like, I don't want to be mean, but he was like, what do you say, Valentina? Like, I can't even do it. It was the deepest, most strange voice. I thought it was an auto effect, like a voice effect at first. And then it just kept up all season. And I don't know if this is how people sound in Italy. So like I said, I don't want to make fun of him, but... It definitely caught me off guard and made his character even more creepy towards Isabella. Oh my god. Okay, so now I want to get into what most of my questions from this entire show revolve around. And that's Ethan, Harper, Daphne, and Cameron. This episode, that dynamic just blew the fuck up. Starting with the beginning of the confrontation, when... Ethan and Harper are talking further, and she says to him, it's not like you found a condom on the couch. Haven't I always been honest with you? It felt like she was the master manipulator chess player in that moment. It truly was the exact same situation that Ethan had put her in, where he lied to her at first, then he told her the truth that someone had tried to kiss him, Cameron was doing such and such and by that point she just didn't believe him and she flipped the tables and did the exact same thing I kind of can't tell in all seriousness if that was her goal because of how pissed off she was and how intelligent her character seemed like fully diagnosing people all season and her opinions about them but oh Holy shit, Ethan, what a fucking mind fuck. I don't blame you for going out of your mind because she really turned that back on you. I need to know 
what you all think. Do you think that she was just manipulating him and arranged this entire situation to unfold the way it did so that he had an understanding of what happened? Or do you think that the irony be as it may, this is what happened and both of them ended up putting each other in the same situation? So we know for a fact that Harper and Cameron kiss because she admits that, but we truly have no idea about what goes on on that island between Daphne and Ethan. I've rewatched the episode a couple of times, and the only thing that I can say is that she asks him to go on a walk with her, and she is so far ahead of him that that is not a walk that they're taking together. So it's more like she's leading him somewhere, and because of how she was looking at him and the face that she made as she was going through all five stages of grief at once, I I kind of think that she was taking him out there so that they could have sex. And like she said, do what you have to do so that you're not the victim in this situation. And I also just want to point out that that is the same exact advice that she gave Harper when they were at that hotel together and she kind of took her hostage. She told Harper to do what she had to do so that she didn't feel like the victim. And Harper ended up potentially fucking her husband. And then she gave that advice to Ethan, and he potentially fucked her. So if you think about it, it's almost like Daphne kind of orchestrated all of this, and she's kind of the puppet master for everyone in that little circle that they were in. Also, I totally get why everyone loves her character, because... The actress who plays her makes her so lovable. But just leave your husband, bitch. Like, what? What are you doing with your life? There's no way that living your life to just not be the victim causes any fulfillment or, or any happiness if you're always just thinking about how to not be the victim. I get what she was saying about you don't have to know everything about someone to love them, but... I think you have to at least know that they love you, and I don't think that she can say that about Cameron. And once again, this is obviously a show, but this is my thoughts on them, and the whole season, we were just diving into their relationship, and it's supposed to make us feel like we know these people, so that's my takeaway. I forgot to mention that before Daphne and Ethan walked away, Ethan went out like fucking guns a-blazing towards Cameron while he was swimming in the ocean, and they were fighting in the water, and I can't believe that neither of them hit their fucking head on a rock and died and drowned or something, because... I can't be the only one, since I've never had an original thought, that wanted him to fucking die. One of them should have died in that moment. Like, I know that that's not the type of show that we were watching, but that's what I wanted as a viewer. And it was the perfect opportunity with so much, like, tension in the air. It felt like we were at, like, the climax of the situation. And then they both walk away alive. I'm like, fuck you. Also, Ethan's hair, literally, they, they like made it so that the front of his bangs went gray by the end of the finale. Like when he was sitting there and talking to Daphne, he had so much gray in the front of his hair. And because I know that they have a full team of makeup artists, I'm sure that this was on purpose to reflect how much stress his character had been in during his time in Italy. So if you notice this too, let me know that I'm not just tripping. 
Literally nothing Jennifer Coolidge's character did all season wasn't funny, but, and I've been working on my impression when she was like, the gays, they're trying to kill me to decorate their house or something. I fucking died. Also when the guy's like, tutti, up to her and she's like talking to the captain, that's still the same conversation, but that entire situation is so funny. And I don't know if you guys have seen the TikTok now, but they made a TikTok of that exact like scene and they made it into a remix this DJ did. And it's so funny. So if you're a White Lotus fan listening to this episode, go watch that because I know that it will make you laugh the same way that I did when I scrolled past it. Hmm. I literally kind of hurt my voice doing that Jennifer Coolidge interpretation. So if you think I nailed it, you better send me a message and let me know and tell me. Okay, moving on. Why all season I thought that something was going to happen to Mia's character just because it seemed like at first Lucia kind of coerced her into doing something kind of risky for her business. But by the end of it, I'm like, okay, this girl totally wanted to be wrapped up in this world. But when she almost killed the pianist, I thought for sure that that was insinuating that he was going to come back and some sort of confrontation was going to happen with them. I guess I was partially right because he does come back to the hotel, but the fact that he didn't return with like the Sicilian mafia in tow really kind of disappointed me because once again, like I've said in the beginning, I was watching this hoping that different groups were dying and that would have been Such fucking good TV. I would have loved if he came back with the mafia. They shot up the place. Mia dies. Sorry. I mean, it's a show. It's whatever. Um, And yeah, like that would have been the drama that the show needed to have seen her so much detail of her character and her relationships. And her singing. Like her singing and her vocals didn't even do a lot for the show so I'm just kind of like why the fuck were we seeing all of that if something wasn't going to happen to her character more than what did at the end because I get it they both walked away like unharmed with red bottoms on but still I just wanted to see more happen with one of those characters the character I didn't want to see anything happen to was fucking Tanya And I just knew it was going to happen all season. I made TikToks about it. I said I think that she's going to die. A lot of the comments were like, no, she's not. They're going to bring her to season three so they can't kill her off. I should have stuck with my gut. This bitch was doomed from the fucking get. Like, I just knew that something was off for her. But the way that she died, I mean, the director says it best when he said it was a derpy death because it was. She managed to pick up on the fact that she was in peril, steal the bag, find a gun. I can't believe that she was even able to successfully shoot the gun or that it had bullets in it. I really wasn't expecting it to be all loaded and ready to go for her. But take out all of the guys except for one who jumped overboard. And then she dies on the boat. It's like, why couldn't you have jumped overboard like that other guy? Like, why not go down the stairs or jump in the water? Why did you try to tactfully land into a small area with as big of a surface area as your character has? I literally hated that part so much. And I hated even more that after 
we didn't even get to see where Greg was. Like, I kind of thought that there was going to be some sort of resolution. Like, he, his character was shown somewhere on the island still, or somehow called and told about what happened. But nothing. Like, all of that happened. And where is Greg? And how did all of this go down? And why did Jennifer Coolidge only want to know if he was having an affair? And there was no other questions that went through her brain. I'm sure these are things that all of you were thinking, but these were my thoughts as well as I was watching the finale. Portia and Albie together at the end. Really not that big of a surprise. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Have fun on your boring ass dates in the future. I still think his character gives me the ick. Um, I've seen pictures of the actor like outside of the show, and he's definitely more attractive than how they make him look in the series. And also he's the, his demeanor on the show is just so gross for whatever reason, but have fun with that Portia. You literally almost got human trafficked or potentially killed. And I hope that you complain a little bit less in your life. That's the one thing that Jack said that was true to her is that she complains a lot. But given the fact that she was complaining about being abducted, I kind of think she was in the right for the last half. Overall, I loved the series. I love shows that kind of piss me off like that. And it's not like I'm disappointed and I wouldn't watch it again. I was obsessed with the show and I'm more just disappointed that it's over and that there's not more context. But getting into who my favorite and least favorite characters are. I think you all can tell just by listening to this that Portia is my least favorite character. Um, I really tried to like her during the show and I wanted her to grow on me, but she just was an ungrateful bitch the entire series. And the fact that she knew that something was wrong, but she didn't do anything about it made her really annoying and like be like to me waspy. So you're annoying. I hate you. She was my least favorite character. My favorite character was probably the grandfather just because he had epic one-liners and his concussion was really funny all season. The fact that he just kept the bandage on and he's not married anymore. So his creepiness is just kind of like old man creepy versus Dom and Albie who are still men in the world that women are trying to make respectful husbands or partners. So I like them less than him. I also did like Harper just because her character was so smart and like quick witted and kind of like always calling the bullshit out that was happening around her. And Ethan tried to make her feel bad for this, but she really was spot on for most of the things that she was noticing. And she also had no problem confronting things and asking what was wrong when she felt like she was being lied to. Although I take that back because she took a long time to like do anything about the condom and then she just like set it on the counter. So Harper... You were on my list, and then you're off the list. Really, it's the grandfather is my favorite character, and Portia I dislike the most because all of the characters were a little bit grotesque in the fact that none of them were really that likable, including Daphne. Like, why would you even want to be with someone like Cam? I can't even understand that. That alone makes me not like you as much just because he sucks so fucking much. But I know that everyone's up her ass, and I know that the actress did a great job. So I'm not hating on her completely. But 
we do need to talk about her because some of the tea with White Lotus is that Megan Fahey, who plays Daphne, went on vacation with the guy who plays Jack, his name's Leo in real life, together after the show ended. And apparently, sources were telling Dumois that the two were really close during filming. And one of the things I read was that someone who worked on the show um, as staff had photos on set in the background of one of them. Um, They were seen like together canoodling was the word used but I'm assuming they were just kind of like roping on each other a little bit or being handsy in the background of a photo but it's been confirmed by multiple sources that they definitely had a romantic relationship and I'm wondering if this is something that they're going to release in the press soon or if this is something that's going to be kept under wraps because it's kind of scandalous I also think it's tea that In order for them to film at the hotel that they filmed at, they rented it out for four months. And then I looked it up, and the budget for the show was $3 million an episode. So that probably factors into that, being how expensive just filming at the location itself was. And I feel like it was worth it, too, because it's a great show. Everyone I've talked to that's watched it has loved it, and everyone who I've talked to that hasn't watched it is going to watch it. It's on their like to be watched list. So instead of a TBR, it's TBW, to be watched list. So I hope that you all who have watched the finale enjoyed this like little bit of a recap. I want to do these for shows and like movies that I've really loved and that I feel like a lot of you are listening to or watching as well. And then we can kind of feel like we're chatting about it together. So Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you agree with me on, what you don't, what you think is funny that I noticed from this show, if anything, and send me a message on Instagram at Positively Uncensored. And if you've already seen the show, obviously you should already be following me on TikTok, but make sure to follow the podcast TikTok so that you can keep up with like kind of the recaps I do on other future shows because I'm going to be watching a couple of good ones soon as they come out. I know that The Circle is coming out with a new season super soon, so that's one of the shows that I'm super excited to talk about. But as always, I love all of you. Thank you for listening to the episode and for following me on social media. The easiest way to kind of let me know that you love the episodes is to make sure to give me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just wherever you're listening to me. And if you feel like taking a second to leave a comment or write a review, that's always appreciated too. Next episode, I have a special guest from Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Kira Mangitsu, and I'm super excited to share this episode with you because she had a lot of good tips on women's health. She shared a lot of tea on the Bachelor in Paradise season and kind of her perception on people on the show. And I think that you'll all enjoy just hearing more from her because she did kind of get a bad rap and a bad edit on the show. And it, and not bad in a sense that she comes across in a bad way, but just it definitely doesn't reflect even a sliver of who she is as a person and how kind she is and how like well-spoken she is. So I can't wait to share that with all of you and make sure to stay tuned. Love you.